from Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, September 6th, 2013. This is The Relevant Podcast. This week's podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create a professional website, blog, portfolio, or online store. Squarespace is uh, always updating their platform with new features, new designs, and more support. They have great, beautiful designs for you to start with and tons of style options for you to adjust so that you can easily create your own space online. They take care of hosting, SEO. They make sure that everything on your site runs automatically and looks great on any device. Uh, it starts at just 8 bucks a month, and it includes a domain name if you sign up for a year. But right now, relevant podcast listeners, for a free trial, you can go to squarespace.com. You won't need a credit card. You can just try it out and start building your website. But then here's the kicker. If you decide to purchase it, Use offer code RELEVANT9 and get not 10%, but 20% off your first what? purchase on new accounts. I don't believe That's it. That's for September only, guys. Squarespace.com. Use offer code RELEVANT9. Get 20% off your first purchase on new accounts. We are big fans of Squarespace and thank them for sponsoring this week's episode of The Relevant Podcast. Well, guys, I am your interim podcast host, Chad Michael Snavely, here with me in our Orlando studios is the very, very, very lovely Calvin Kearley. It, also interim. You're this <laughs> interim very lovely? or oh, You're right. Lovely interimly. Yeah, this is all going to fade. Define interim for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to use the word. I figure I'll eventually get it. Next to him, uh, the man who is no longer an interim new podcast member. I think he's here to stay for a while, guys. It's Eddie Koffeltz. Hi, everybody. Uh, on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Uh, he's we got didn't it. wreck it's it. Back. He's got it's it back. back. I really wanted to not wreck that. He's got it back. I felt a little well, bad last week. It's kind of late for a word, but I took it back. <laughs> <laughs> also on the Skype line from Nashville, Tennessee, that is Tyler Huckabee. Hey, guys. Well, guys, we've got a great show for you this week. Uh, we alluded to this last week, but the one and only, the man, Derek Webb, is with us on this oh, week's show. His album is so good. He's got a brand new album out. You might have listened to it on The Drop. We've been streaming it over there at uh, relevantmagazine.com's The Drop. Uh, it's called I Was Wrong, I'm Sorry, and I Love You. It's also... I'm uh, still waiting on my free copies. <laughs> so that you can hand them out to your wife? Yeah, yeah, because I could use about three or four already. <laughs> That's last well, week? That's, That's this morning. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well... I, I can hey, see it just in like, business card form, so that when you say so, when you do something, you just hand it. Or you could even hand them to people preemptively. <laughs> you I know? think the but, name of the album just came We're going to be hanging out a lot today. Yeah. I figure I'd just give this to you now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. I feel like his, his producer or his, his manager... 
just kept hounding him like you know Derek we're gonna need the name of that album we're gonna need the name of that album like <laughs> like you know it goes to like we're burning all these tomorrow because they're gonna burn CDs right uh, of course they, they put on like a home Dell yeah, so, we, we, yeah. Need, we need to burn at least 20 <laughs> copies of these tomorrow to hand out at make sure you're not doing anything else on the computer it's gonna sacrifice the quality of these CDs <laughs> we really need we really need the title from you alright alright I'm sorry I'm sorry okay I love you I was wrong I love <laughs> I was you. wrong I did I did yesterday uh, when we were getting this interview set up I, I thought that Derek Webb we were trying to contact him via Skype and I thought that he wasn't online so I texted his publicist and she said I think he is online and I looked and, and we were wrong so I so I told her oh oh, I, I was wrong and then I'm sorry and then I was like do I finish this <laughs> yeah, joke you got to, yeah. please tell me you did <laughs> you have to yeah. and tell a publicist that I love her over text <laughs> but or do I just leave it lingering and make her wonder like did he forget the last part of the out it was a yeah. real tricky spot so I just went for it you I told were. her I loved her yeah, yeah. Good. Good. She, she, she has you know issued a complaint since then yeah. <laughs> I feel like this joke H- HR heard from her I feel like this so, joke Joke is cute at the beginning of his tour, but by the end of the tour, yeah. it's going to be like, like, seriously, guys, uh, we're fine. Yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah. they're got like it. encore. Uh, one more song. <laughs> song. He's like, listen, I got to go. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Derek Webb joining us on today's show. Also, we uh, we're going to talk to Tyler and Jesse about the new issue of Relevant, which features Joel Houston of Hillsong United on the cover. It's oh, also is that good. out already? That is out already. It's so good. Oh, it is God. a great issue. And I can relevant. say that because I have nothing to do with making it. So I'm not like complimenting myself. It's other people. It's so beautiful. It's a great Well, issue. you do have something to do with it, but we'll get into that. Well, you, you know, have, you have a, a, a large feature in the issue. I like the I like the uh, the cover. I, I know the cover is always the same, but the pink relevant. Well, it's not always the same. I mean, we well, put different I mean, people like, on the cover. <laughs> I know. I know. I know it Interesting in, marketing strategy. That was, that was inadvertently <laughs> I insulting. I've seen and I'm this sorry. The issue's been a lot easier since we just went with the one picture of Jolly Houston for the past year. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry I was wrong. I love you. Oh, thank you. You were wrong. And I do love you. Continue. And I'm not afraid to tell you that. <laughs> so. so no, they do change it because sometimes uh, they do relevant in all caps. Oh, wait. wait a <laughs> hey, it's that always. is kind of a thing. Like it's everybody, always. that's you're supposed to do it in all caps, yeah. right? Yeah, that is the official that's neat. St- style guide. It's kind of neat, though, because it's like you make that brand out of just regular type like it yeah really and now it's this email. recognizable right. like, it. like yeah. yeah it's a logo amongst like in any yeah. font basically. that's why i've started to do my name cool. in all caps now. your name is on all caps yeah, yeah that's my thing yeah. now yeah, that's cool i want to start but, making all caps cursive a thing because <laughs> it's you ever how awful that looks <laughs> it would be impossible yeah. to connect them it's, it's really impossible. hard well, especially with e's because e's are like weird curly backward threes right and you can't get the bottom of that e back up for the d for the swirly right, top right yeah, no one see it looks like just weird vertical loops listeners that's your challenge yeah. <laughs> create the relevant masthead using all, all caps, caps cursive, cursive. Uh, but like traditional cursives you yeah. can't no cheating right yeah. you know right. no like yeah. cheat cursive i'm talking about like what you learned work. in yeah Mrs. whatever grade they yeah. teach cursive first yeah. grade mrs anderson the worst that was a rough year for me <laughs> what if mrs anderson's listening right now uh mrs Judy. anderson you were very hurtful <laughs> Is that i had a bad first grade teacher too. like eddie you're the worst <laughs> like, no, no, what made what really? made her the worst what was Man, so, just out of curiosity actually, can we go back to first grade eddie real quick I, she was just first really eddie. here's Hashtag the thing she was probably eddie. very good she was a very good teacher but she was very strict and i was very, you were a very, very rambunctious child no i was very like uh shocker 
tender, I guess. Tender. Did you ask her to wait, the school dance? Describe tender. I don't handle like criticism. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Can we get Mrs. Anderson on the show? No, yeah. please. No. I feel like there were a few she, things hey, going on. Here. I got I got a news flash for you. She was probably just what little tender Eddie needed. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, structure. Yeah, it was. Yeah. There's no crying in first grade. <laughs> Shut Absolutely. up and do curses. Yeah, yeah. I, that, that, he looks terrible. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I had the weirdest. Uh, I'm you, just gonna jump in here. I had the weirdest like first through third grade experience. Uh, first of all, the teachers. No, these are no jokes. Okay, <laughs> I had the whistle out. Yeah. <laughs> just, At my just first, in case. my first uh, grade teachers. Her name was Mrs. White. Okay. okay. Second grade was Miss, not Mrs. Miss Guy. Wow. Third grade was Mrs. Brown. Interesting. Huh. Mm. I don't remember the rest. Was it? But I was just, it planned? Right. I, I just remember the trifecta, and I was always confused. Like I'm learning colors, but you're a color. Yeah. And wait, there's man and woman, but you're a guy. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Very confused. You couldn't. You couldn't have won there. That's why I still have gender issues. (laughs) (laughs) When I when I when I translate Spanish, (laughs) you gotta let me finish. (laughs) (laughs) Senora, senor. That's what I'm trying to. Sounds awful. What else? What else we got today? We got (laughs) we got Mrs. Anderson on the show coming up later. So uh, stay tuned for that. Anything else interesting happening, you guys? Uh, football season is in full swing now. Oh, can't wait. There's a lot can't of people wait. that are really excited about that. You guys into football this year? College football, Gators. Yeah, yeah. yeah. same here. Yeah, I, yeah. I wish, I wish. I'm, I'm a Husker fan. I'm, I'm a Nebraska. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm the only one. We had a rough We had a rough start, so I'm no longer a Husker fan. Is that a, just after <laughs> one game? Is that a pun, the rough start? But no, it's not. A, it's it's just a fact. I, I wish. Know. I wish it was a joke, but it's Isn't very that a serious. Term? I don't understand that joke. Isn't that a term? I think football? a false start. A false start roughing the passer. Yeah. Okay, it's been a while. Yeah, I've I got been, nothing. I've been I've been watching a lot of baseball. So <laughs> when does a grand slam happen? I usually just laugh maniacally for this whole show, but that one. No, I did see, not when understand. you start actually paying attention, you realize you're like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> no, what I say? What is, is going on? Yeah. I'm just trying well, to add some sensible conversation to the mix. Well, I'm sorry. Let me let me ask this real quick, guys. I know you're all college fans, and we were talking briefly before the show started about the differences the, the superiority of the NFL to college football um, but, but my question is do you guys play fantasy no no football no fantasy football players <laughs> no like Dungeons and Dragons I think. yeah yeah right. yeah yeah I'm into like LARPing I'm talking about <laughs> oh, <laughs> <Lord>. <laughs> yes. okay I, I, don't, I want to talk about fantasy football but if no one else no one else is into it we can talk about LARPing real quick <laughs> can you LARPing talk about there. please tell me that somebody uh, amongst the five of us did LARP and I have school. no idea what no. you're talking okay. about no, okay Jesse, I, do this it. like an obscure this drug is, reference what is live action role playing this is a full Jesse segment here we go take it away Jesse it's an acronym for live action role play. Oh, okay. okay, you could you could spend an afternoon watching LARPing videos on YouTube. Oh I know God. from experience, dude. Okay, so so basically, what LARPing and if we have any, I would love to hear from from any uh, LARPers uh, that are among our listeners. But basically, what you what you do is you, you go to like some you know or, organized uh, event with uh, you don't just like go around in your fantasy gear you and other fantasy players like meet in like a field or predetermined location okay and you're all decked out in like medieval or you know middle earth type of weird gear right (laughs) right 
and you go and you stage battles, <laughs> like straight up battles. And, and, and the reason I love watching LARPing videos online is like you know there there are sort of unspoken rules in LARPing where you're not you know most of them their weapons are like foam or whatever right, you know right. or like when they cast a spell or something they like throw like little pieces of like paper balls or. You know, not out, you know, basically like it's sort of the honor system. Like if you get hurt with the Nerf sword, you kind of act like your arm is lopped off or whatever, yeah. you know, yeah. or you go to the area where the, you know, to the next game starts. But there's always one dude. Yeah. Like that is taking it way too serious and is just obliterating people. He's always like the biggest guy out there, right? Of so you see all these people in like makeshift suits of armor that are just kind of like doing their pretend sword fighting, and this one dude just running, dropping his shoulder, just plowing through cats. You know what I mean? Was that you as a child? No, yeah, that's just what I do. I go to LARPing events and just mow people down. I, I, I happened to pro- across some LARPers the other day. For real? No, I, I actually did. I was running uh, on this on this like trail, and uh, I came across a group of they they were all sweaty, so I think they had just finished LARPing. A LARP, a LARPing. So I kind of I, I hung around for a while and checked out some of their gear. I was actually thinking of starting a because LARPing is huge, and I was actually thinking of starting a company to uh, to help build some of those you know swords and weaponry and stuff because uh, I've always wanted to be a LARPenter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first time I was told about what LARPing is, uh, there's it was this girl I work with. Her, uh, her name is Tiffany Brunson. I think she would really like it. She yeah. listens to the podcast Wildcat. too. Yeah, Wildcat. she's great. This is white. She was like, it was a real long description of what it was. And at the end of it, it was just there was this moment of realization. And I just said, did you do this in high school? <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. It was a very, it was yeah. a very embarrassing moment, but. Maybe it should be. So that's pretty close to what fantasy football is, right? <laughs> yeah, if I, that's pretty much the same. I've never yeah, LARPed and I've yeah, never exactly. fantasy football. I'm, yeah. I'm heavily involved in fantasy football, and yeah. it, it involves right. me you know, doing pretend sword fighting. My understanding yeah. of the both of them, my understanding of LARPing comes from what Jesse's description just was. My understanding of mm-hmm. fantasy football comes from watching the league. That's yes. pretty much all I know. Yeah. So well, my, everybody takes on a football player and you just act like that player. So for the season. Yeah, I'm okay. Tim Tebow and I'm just hanging out at home now. Just chilling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just <laughs> just spend a lot of time in prayer. Mm-hmm. My LARP, right. my LARPing adventure involves a, a high school uh, a high school experience where I was in a park and I was on a, a picnic date with this girl who I was interested in but, but nothing had really happened yet. And uh, but I was really I was really thinking this was going to be like a great a great first kiss opportunity because it was a nice day. It was a Saturday. I'd made like a a salad. I only make salad. I think I'm going to Wait, 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 Okay. So 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 you picked her up, and in the back seat of the car, you have like one of those massive Ziploc bags full of homemade salad. Well, no, here's here's what if I remember right. Now this was a while ago, but if I remember right, I had, I had a pic because I had a picnic basket. Of course, I'm not some I'm not new at this. This wasn't like my first time around. The- a picnic. Yeah. Um, Poor Liz so, thought she was the first one that got the picnic basket yeah, treatment. Yeah. Unfortunately, Liz, well, you know yeah, that thing has been well worn. <laughs> it was a, it was a high school thing. I mean, it was a it was definitely a phase that okay. I've gotten over now. Mm-hmm. But when I got to the park, we put out our blanket and we were sitting there. And and the setting that I had put together was great, uh, not only for picnics but evidently for LARPing because of course the first ever LARPing 
LARPers I'd ever seen, I didn't even know what they were called at the time, showed up shortly thereafter. <laughs> and so, like, you're leaning in for the kiss, and they're like, Behold, Lord and Lady! That's exactly what it was. Let like. go of her! Because I kept Unhand the maiden! Like, every time I would, like, get closer, their fight would move over to us, and we'd have to, like, pick up our stuff and move a little further. That's away. so awkward. Nerf's one! One! Minus three battle points! Were you ever, like, in the middle of the meal, and you're like, What, what was her name? Sorry. Uh, her name was Lauren. Her name was one of you. <laughs> Lauren! Yeah, you're eating your like, Lauren, this has gone too far. And you just pick up a stick and just start going at it with a lot. Like, you're suddenly in the LARPing battle. Dun, yeah. dun, 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 dun. And you're like just defending dun, dun, your maiden's dun, dun, dun. honor. You stand up on top of the basket and you just shout from the top of your lungs, <laughs> one salad to rule them all! Yeah, You're throwing salad at some, like, gray monster with a paper mache right. helmet yeah, on. You got, a bunch, you got a handful of croutons. Have <laughs> <laughs> knaves! I shall brain thee! Ch- Chad, are you on Skype chat right now? No, I'm not. Oh, I just sent you two LARPing fail videos of dudes oh, taking it way too far. I can't wait to watch them when I get back to my office. It, just, just for listeners, if, if, you're all, if you're on YouTube and you search for LARPing fail, uh, <laughs> hours of entertainment, it's like just an example of what you'll see is like two dudes engaged like in a relatively tame like foam sword match and all of a sudden out of frame some dude comes in with like a ma- in a suit of armor with a jump kick to the head you know like Ted you kind of took it too far there man you, I Ted. think you really hurt him hey, hey Mitch you kind of took it a little too far there Mitch but fantasy football yeah it, it, you know I, I'm a little disappointed that we can't discuss it because you guys don't play but it's okay maybe we should do a uh, like a fantasy football slash LARPing update every week as part of like entertainment releases we can, yeah. Jesse you can tell us like where your team is at that seems um, yeah. Since you're the only, I'll one let playing. you know. How about this? I'll let you know each week where my where my fantasy football team, how they're doing, and then I'll also provide everyone with a title of a YouTube video of a LARPing fail that I I've been enjoying. Okay. I love it. LARPing. I love it. Fail. It'll be our LARPing, our, our weekly LARPing all update. season. Is Tyler, there... I just aimed you a couple. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen them coming through, Jesse. Well, guys, let's get to uh, some entertainment releases. Uh, there's some good music coming out this week, Tuesday, September 10th. The Arctic Monkeys are coming out with AM. Uh, oh, good. I believe that whole album was written in the morning, so mm-hmm. um, that's Excellent. just my assumption. Mm-hmm. Holy Ghost with Dynamics. Holy Ghost still making music after all these years. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> nice job. I have, I have the Calvin nod of approval yeah, on that good. one. Thank you. <laughs> I, get, I get jokes. Janelle Monet is coming out with The Electric Lady. The Weeknd is coming out with Kissland. And uh, Willis Earl Beal is coming out with Nobody Knows. Tyler... Tell me about Willis Earl Beal. Yeah, we interviewed him. Yeah. Well, well uh, I, I forget how I stumbled across him because he's not a super well-known guy. Right. But when I found him, man, I felt it's like a very... You heard a little bit of it, Chad, didn't I did. you? I did. I love him. It's a very old school... Like, he sounds like an old blues man. He mm-hmm. sounds like one of the... He sounds like he's out of the 1920s. He sounds like an old, like an old brother where art thou guy. Just a really beautiful voice. And he's definitely marching to the beat of his own drummer. But, but some of his... Some of the songs on that album just pull you back to a, a different time. And it's interesting. You don't hear a whole lot of blues. Doesn't It's not a genre that's really evolved much in the past hundred years. You know what I mean? Right, like right. when you hear blues music, it's the same blues music your grandpa was listening to and your great grandpa was listening to. But he, t- he takes it forward a little bit. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. I, I think the album, I hope the album does well for him. You're going to be hearing more from him on the podcast. But uh, real quick, here's a clip of Willis Earl Beal. Smile in no fly 
All right, movies. Movies coming out Friday, September 13th. The Family, starring Robert De Niro, Michelle Pfeiffer, Tommy Lee Jones, uh, Jane Mansfield's Car, starring Billy Bob Thornton, Kevin Bacon, and Robert Duvall. And then there's a movie coming out called A Strange Brand of Happy, starring Joe Boyd, Shirley Jones, and Rebecca St. James. Oh. What? Wow. I kid you not, guys. Rebecca St. James is starring in this movie. So, High time. Uh, I, met her, her. I met her once. High time she got recognized I met, for her acting. I'm, I met her once, too. I interviewed her one time at a Christian music festival back in the day. Oh, cool. I, I was her. very attracted to her at the time, too, so I'm sure the interview was horrible. Huh. <laughs> it was before... You so know. you were asking her questions like, so, like, what does your hair smell like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> you yeah. ever had, like, a salad in the park before? <laughs> <laughs> you ever, like, wanted to go on a picnic with a guy like me? You didn't ask her that, because if you asked her that, you'd be married yeah. to her right what's now. Your favorite, <laughs> what's your favorite kind of salad? Yeah. <laughs> you ever had walnuts? in a salad so good well, yeah what's your yeah. what's your opinion on craisins in that salad yeah <laughs> that was pretty much my interview with you like them we can't be together so yeah rebecca st james starring in a movie <laughs> she marries a foster the people guy and now she's in her own movie so check it out a strange i didn't know that strange brand of, yeah she oh, married yeah. the bassist from foster the people no way yeah huh. so cool i mean good for I her mean, good for her she could have had me back in the day but yeah uh, she waited <laughs> up for foster <laughs> yeah. so she lost yeah. lost yeah. down whatever now she's in movies with joe boyd and shirley jones yeah where could she have been and she stuck with you? <laughs> <laughs> Talking about LARPing with you idiots. <laughs> yeah, clearly she made, clearly she made the right that choice. Was, that was the most honest moment you've had that I've ever heard. That was really great. Yeah, a heartbreaking moment of self-reflection. <laughs> Chad. Poor sad Chad. Uh, I'm going to go. This, this is, let's keep it light here, guys. Go cry some I'm tears. old, I'm sad Michael Sneevely. Oh, man. All right, well, that'll do it for entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Coming I'll up next, Slices. <laughs> you have always worn your flaws upon your sleeve And I have always buried them deep beneath the ground Dig them out Let's finish what we started Dig them out So nothing's left unturned Portions of this week's podcast are brought to you by To Live is Christ, To Die is Gain Using Paul's radical letter to the Philippians as his roadmap, Matt Chandler forsakes the trendy to invite readers into authentic Christian maturity in this new book. To Live as Christ, To Die as Gain by Matt Chandler is available in print and digital editions everywhere books are sold. You're listening to Bastille. The song is Flaws. It's from the new album, Bad Blood. At the beginning of the podcast, yes, you know the sound. That was Sleigh Bells with the song Bitter Rivals. If there's a Sleigh Bell song, that means that it's going to start a podcast. We Pretty much every album of Sleigh Bells will use one of their songs as a podcast opener. Uh, this is the first single from their upcoming album, Bitter Rivals, and you can expect to hear all 12 more Sleigh Bell songs from that album on the podcast when that album releases. I'm, I love Sleigh Bells. I, I hope nobody's too. giving them a yeah. hard time here. I'm I a big like, fan that's of why I said they're, they're like indie rock jock jams. They really are. They uh, they have <laughs> this like you know totally turn the amp to twelve kind of sound. 
And uh, if you're, you know, suffering from a migraine, probably not the best music to listen yeah. to. But if you need something to kick you up in the morning, uh, definitely recommend Sleigh Bells. I think there's, I think they're super cool. They are. All right, it's time for slices. Jesse, what do you got, man? Okay, so the, it seems like a big trend in media right now is to do these studies about millennials and their behavior and how the economy has affected them. But Yahoo recently uh, uh, released the findings of of a study that looked at what questions do millennials ask online uh, via the search engine uh, that, that, that they're afraid to ask in reality. So they looked at the questions posted uh, by 18 to 35-year-olds. Now, I should uh, preface that these all came from a Yahoo search engine, so the sample size is probably eight people. <laughs> so I don't know how reflective it is of an entire Half of the Yahoo searches are actually for Google. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it looked at it looked at the top questions that, that millennials ask uh, to and it, I'll be honest, it doesn't really show anything that that useful or telling, but they are kind of funny. Um, uh, there are two about food. Two of them are food related. Uh, what is hummus? Um, and, and again, these are questions that you presume are being asked to a search engine because people are too embarrassed to ask out loud. Like, sure. oh yeah, I love hummus. It's so delicious. Even though you have no idea what it is, so you have to consult Yahoo. Or I love this one. This is number two overall. The number two most, the the, the second most popular uh, question that people millennials are asking a search engine: How to boil an egg? What? No. So I, I put it. I put on when I posted this on the site. A little pro tip for you: Put it in hot water. <laughs> uh, that was number two. Uh, hang on, I'm getting a pen. <laughs> Hold on a second. Also on there, uh, people want to know what is a synonym. <laughs> Which is a little disturbing that they didn't learn that back in Mrs. White's third grade class. Fourth one is how do I read? (laughs) Uh, uh, How to write a resume, which I can see that. Sure. There's also a couple that are uh, uh, a little disturbing. What is HPV? People looking uh, into uh, HPV. Calvin? uh, A question about Molly. I got it confused with HBO. So, <laughs> HPV go, <laughs> HPV go. Yeah, I was like, that's totally different. Googling it, nothing's coming up. A question, a question about the uh, the party drug Molly. Uh, right, want to right, know about? Yeah, of course. Uh, I love this one. Who is Robin Thicke? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, he hasn't arrived. To Dumbest the point generation that, that we presume he has. If if who is Robin Thicke is is an incredibly common uh, search engine uh, question. But finally, the number one, and this this makes me. So mad, so sad for my generation. Not because they're asking the question, but because they need to ask the question. Oh, like no. I feel like you should just know the answer to it. Number one question: oh. How to twerk? Oh, oh man! Oh, the number one question asked in the search engine by millennials. So blame oh. Yahoo if you don't like the answers. I don't 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 kill the messenger. God, that is dumb. Yeah, yeah. The boiling egg one, I kind of get a little bit. Wait, 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 wait. I I feel like a boiled egg. Its instructions are in the name. (laughs) Boil an egg, but like Like, you know, it tells you the the, a boiled egg requires one step. But you don't want to like boiling the egg. You don't want to overboil it because then it gets cracked on the outside. But then if you underboil it, it still boiled it. But you can't get the shell separated. There's a sweet spot. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, you got like a ten minute window. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Like I can, I can, I can look down at the boiled. That's ah, been in there about fifteen minutes. I, I was think trying good. to give some anything to any of these, but really, it's pitiful. Who is Robin yeah. Thick and how to twerk? Well, Ugh. the Robin Thick thing I think would make more sense if it was actually if the search was this: Who is Robin Thick, comma really? 
Yes. Oh. Deep oh. down inside. Oh, that's, you know? yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's what it was. That's maybe. a popular yeah. Google search. And he yeah. does that Google search yeah. every day. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he wonders. Does. Who am I? Who do yes. I yeah. Robin Thing has a daily existential <laughs> crisis on, on Yahoo. <laughs> Who is Robin? <laughs> a daily existential crisis. It, it, it's so much so to the extent uh, of his, you know, his self-identity <laughs> crisis is so great that it's cracked the top ten. Oh, my God. Man. <laughs> Eddie, what do you got, man? Okay, well, uh, so search, moving on to a much better search engine, Google. Uh, their analytics uh, department, you know, they're very, they do all the analytics, and they're always tracking everything. Well, the Washington Post had a story that uh, Google has this thing called Project Eminem, uh, which is oh. the company... Like the singer? is No, no, no. Eminem, like the delicious candy. Oh. And I, I don't want this to cross into candy talk, but this is a candy-related story. Oh, but I couldn't, it couldn't wait till the next candy talk because this is hard-hitting news. Okay. And I don't want us to miss out on this. Um, so This is a form of cheating. <laughs> so the company, they, their HR department basically has done a collective data study on how employees... Uh, how much candy these employees are eating because I guess at Google there's a rule that you're not ever farther than 200 feet from fr- free food. I've heard that, yeah. Yeah, and so one of the things is there's unlimited supply of M&Ms. I get the picture that Google employees are incredibly fat. Well, they... It, it, <laughs> if I... if I Let me say real quick. No, no, Sorry. Please, 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 If please. I w- was in arm's reach of peanut M&Ms throughout mm-hmm. my day... Right. Oh, man. man. I would be... I would be dead by now. <laughs> so, like, I, I, well, I would literally... Go, I, you cannot help myself. Well, if there's if there's M Ms close to me, I will compulsively eat them until like pounds of them have been demolished. Well, by my digestive system. That, Go ahead. That was actually their problem. <laughs> was they were a little concerned with that they're just basically their employees are killing themselves because they're just within arm's reach of free M M&M. Ms. So what they did was they switched the containers and they put dried fruit and better snacks in oh. clear containers. <laughs> clear containers. And they put M&M's in a container you couldn't see. With a padlock on it. Okay, now listen. listen. I want you guys to guess. If you've read this article... Nobody's read this article, no. right? Right, okay. No, I don't read. Uh-uh. So over seven weeks, the New York offices... The- I'm more concerned about boiling eggs. <laughs> trying, to, trying to crack that nut. What is HBO Go? Um, so they did this study over... Over seven weeks, the New York offices, which have 2,000 employees, okay, okay ate a, a fewer M&Ms. How many, this is my question for you guys, how many fewer M&Ms over seven weeks did 2,000 employees eat? Because like, now, are we talking individual or in pounds Because, or because the, the containers were placed with containers of dried fruit, and the M&Ms were hidden in, in covered containers. That, yeah. That's that's the... the uh, yeah. uh, it, yes. Is that's, this a percentage number? or no, no, no. no. In calories. In calories. I just want you to take a guess. How many fewer calories were consumed because of this switch? And how many people? 2,000 people? 2,000 people in in what span of time? Seven Seven weeks. weeks. Seven weeks. Of course, we don't know the calorie of an M&M, but I don't have that information, and I should have. I'll Yahoo it right now. (laughs) I'm going to say... I would say that if I were an arm's reach of an M M&M, and M, I would probably, <laughs> I would probably eat at least five hundred calories a day. Okay, oh, man. so you M&Ms. times Minim- two thousand times seven weeks. Yeah, that I I don't know the math. So uh, I'm gonna. Okay. Do we really want? Do we want to ride this wave? Just, or let me just, just tell you. Just Yahoo that in. Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> so five hundred. Can I make a guess? So, okay. 2, so so five hundred times two thousand times seven. No, no, times seven times seven. The, the number one search so for millennials was how do yeah. I do math? So 500. Yeah, so 2,000, 
<laughs> wait, wait. Dude, this is great. 500 Listen, times 2,000 times 49. <laughs> this is like some yeah. Mrs. Anderson math. 49 million. I was going to say... All right. You 20. all have destroyed this story. It was only 3.1 million fewer calories. So, <laughs> so you're saying Jesse eats a lot more M&Ms than anyone else at Google works. <laughs> was, this was destroyed. Uh, anyhow, so they saved 3 million, <laughs> million I only missed cal- it by 46 million calories. <laughs> 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 um, that's why you never have anybody guess. You, you, your slice sounds a lot less impressive now. Yeah, all of a sudden it's like, oh, who cares? Okay, well, anyhow... This whole slice was that they like ate, they ate a lot fewer M and M's, which so did, did I, I they go back? Actually, did they did they go back to the old way yeah. of doing it then? No, they're saying that they're moving all of their kitchens and all of their micro kitchens and everything over its entire workforce, which is forty thousand people. Uh, and then they said the the part that actually made me angry at Google. Meanwhile, Yahoo said now hiring right because <laughs> this last fact made me realize that I'm switching back to Ask Jeeves forever. Okay, um, was that okay. that they did an internal survey. And a survey showed that 70% of the 40,000 uh, employees liked being privy to nutritional facts like these. So mm. the, the Google people were like, 70% of them liked to know that there were more nutritional options, which I think makes Google terrible. Yeah. They, they should have had jars of boiled eggs. And uh, I think how do we even how do we even yeah, make they them wouldn't boil even know. So that was my slice. Not every week can be toe week, but hey, you, know, you know that was my no, slice. No, no, it was good. <laughs> Thank you. Have Tyler. you guys had Doesn't... the M and M's that have the pretzels in them? Oh, gosh, oh my god, so that is the oh, that's my terrible. That's my they're the worst. That is the kryptonite right <laughs> that's there. That's my kryptonite. They're the worst. <laughs> they can, ruined it. I can survive on that. If I had to be on a desert island, you know, some might choose like if had one item to take with them some might choose a yeah. bible some someone might choose water i'm pretty sure yeah i would choose pretzel m&ms yeah I'd probably choose a bible made out of pretzel m&ms but yeah same concept <laughs> <laughs> all right tyler what do you got man well, this is a this is a crazy story and and i would love to hear um especially if we have any uh listeners down under to weigh in on whether or not this is a regular i'm, I'm sorry you're pronouncing it wrong you mean down under down, yeah well i'm not going to try and do that but but this did happen in Australia. There was a guy who was going on a uh, on a kayak trip, and he was out. I, I I don't know what kind of kayak trip. It says it's a several week long kayak trip. I didn't know you could do that. Kayaks in my mind are very small. Well, and, you, a and a I kayak don't know trip of several weeks. hours sounds like a long time. Yeah, yeah. Extr- extreme kayaking. Yeah, yeah. So this guy, so this guy was, is was serious about his kayaking. Um, but he did, he was he had gone to a to an island just off the coast of Australia. He was he had gone to an island to replenish his supplies, and he spotted en route to this island. He spotted what he refers to as a giant crocodile. He said it was about four meters away from him. I don't know what that could be any length of distance to me. I don't know the metric system at all. But it's like a line of thirty-seven boiled eggs. I think. <laughs> so it was close. Yeah, it was close. Very his, too close for comfort. Is, it was so close. If this croc wanted to take me, it would not have been an issue. Yikes! Um, so he so he he managed to escape it, and he paddled he paddled his kayak to the island. But once he was there, the crocodile started stalking him. And it, and it wouldn't let him leave the island. And in fact, it held him hostage on this island for two weeks. Shut up. That he could not get away. For every time he got out in his kayak to try and escape, the crocodile showed up and chased him back to the island. Oh, my gosh. His, his quote was, I was scared for my life, obviously. I was hardcore praying for God to save me. So he was a Christian. Of course. Um, but, but, but who wouldn't be praying for God to save them? If you have a crocodile who's got your number. A stalker, a, a, a crocodile assassin is what this was. Um, probably the only one in the world. 
And as every day he tried to escape, evidently he was sending signals to planes and boats that went by. He tried to rig some sort of like uh, distress beacon, but nobody saw him. So he was just stuck. Was he, re- was he subsisting only on pretzel M&Ms? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, se- well, we're, sending assume- a, we're sending a team down to save you. No, 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 no. <laughs> I've still got a few pretzel M&Ms left. Yeah. I, get, I assume that he was out of pretzel M&Ms, which is why he went to the island in the first place to find a pretzel M&M tree. Naturally. Mm-hmm. And sure. try to stock up on on all of his supplies. So, okay, so how did how does this story end? How did he actually, like, did he, like, was he able to get past the crocodile or did somebody well, have somebody to land on the him. island? And- um, so, somebody else saw him. Um, he spotted, uh, he spotted his light on the island and he, uh, and he took his boat out there and I guess that boat chased the crocodile away. He was in a larger craft than just a kayak and he rescued him. He saved his life. And the first thing they, the first thing they gave him, it says here, which this is an Australia thing, it, they gave him a cold beer which I don't know if we can talk oh. about that on the so podcast. They, so they gave him a Foster's. They gave him a Foster's. Naturally. Um, and a Bloomin' and Onion. It <laughs> <laughs> said, welcome home. And he fell asleep I love it at Outback, though, when they say, like, when you order a Foster's, like, because my friends have. Sure. They're like, do you want the, like, the regular size or do you want, like, the four-gallon size? And it's like, is that really a choice? Yeah. Give me four the gallons. Big gulp? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The big gulp. Uh, I, I, did, I did hear, though, that he was already, wor- already working on his autobiography of this experience entitled, What a Croc. <laughs> so there's nowhere to go from there so <laughs> so all right well that'll do it for slices stay tuned up next we talk to Derek Webb Portions of this week's podcast are brought to you by the Values and Capitalism Project of the American Enterprise Institute. Values and Capitalism works with Christian college students and young adults to explore politics and public policy from a Christian perspective. How do we best help the poor? How should we think about economics with the right heart and mind? You can find out more at valuesandcapitalism.com. You're listening to Club Feet. The song is Cold Rain. It's from the album Airs and Graces. Well, nobody says sorry quite as poetically as singer-songwriter Derek Webb. It's been 20 years since he entered the music scene and 10 years since his first solo album. And now we get Webb's newest project, I Was Wrong, I'm Sorry, and I Love You. As Derek approached this 10-year anniversary, he began to wonder what the album would have looked like if he were writing it today, exploring the relationships between the church, the culture, and himself. He wondered about the observations, encouragements, criticisms, and confessions he would discover if he had asked these same questions 10 years earlier. What was initially nothing more than personal reminiscing and reflection quickly became the coordinates that led him to a new collection of songs, essentially a follow-up to his first album of 10 years ago. I Was Wrong, I'm Sorry, and I Love You feels like a return to strength, a rest from running, and an encouraging start to what Derek hopes to be 10 more years of, quote-unquote, afflicting the comfortable and comforting the afflicted, starting, as always, with himself. It's a great new album. It came out last week. Our very own Tyler Huckabee recently sat down with him. Here is our spotlight on Derek Webb. So even if 
one of the things that you said, or I'm, I'm going to be putting words in your mouth a little bit, and you might, you can feel free to correct me, but something to the effect of that, uh, I'm wrong, I'm sorry, I love you, is the a, a proper follow-up to She Must and Shall Go Free, or your, or sort of a sequel to that. Is that right? Yes. Uh-huh. So explain that a little bit, because I think a lot of people have been wanting you to release something more in the lines of She Must and Shall Go Free. Sure. Um, but you haven't done it for 10 years, so why now? Right. Um, I think that like this record is the is the result of a handful of things, and not the least of which is the having come up on the ten year anniversary of my first record. So you know, I had just come off of easily the most ambitious two years, creatively the most ambitious two years of my life, um, with the the control record and the solo me record and just that, that the whole fictional narrative that I wrote alongside of all that. And just, I mean, it was a really dense creative season and couple of years. And, but you know, like there's, there's kind of, there's only so much attention currency to go around. And when you do like such a high concept record that requires so much attention currency, which is in such short supply, it just makes it really hard for people to connect to it to the point where they really love it because it just requires so much. It was such a dense album. I mean, it was like yeah, a two yeah. album, you know, um, electro rock opera about the singularity. I mean, you know, that is not an easy, that's not something you digest in a weekend. So, um, I, I was like, in, I was touring that record, the control record into last year. I was thinking about the 10 year anniversary of my first record coming up, wondering what I was going to do. Was I going to do a tour? What was I going to do? And, just kind of let myself let myself think a little bit about why I even wrote my first record and the questions that I was asking, having just spent 10 years in Cademan's call and, and um, kind of branching out into making my first solo record. And um, the questions that I was asking 10 years ago about the church and about my role in the church, the church's role in culture, are these things necessarily even connected? And like, do you, is church a necessity? Is it an option? Is it a, you know, like how does it kind of work into the economy of, uh, the redemptive kind of narrative. I mean, so, and, and my first album was basically the result of those questions for me. And I realized that for all the things that change in 10 years, and a lot does, there are a lot of things that really don't change. And I was really grateful to have 10 songs, every one of which I could sing and agree with every word of. And what it made me do immediately was think, how would I make what would this record look like if I was making it now, 10 years later, and with everything I've been through and everything I, that's happened, what would that record look like? And, and what would I, how would I answer the exact same set of questions 10 years later? And all of a sudden I had 12 songs that were about the same, that were kind of from the same place, that answering those same questions from my first record. And so, it, so for that reason, it, it felt and feels very much like a follow-up to my first record. It feels like the sequel, you know, like 10 years later. Oh
talk to me a little bit about the, uh, I think you called it a protest song against cynicism. Yes. Uh, when I was talking to you last time, I think a lot of people would characterize you unfairly as a, as a sort of a provocateur for the church or as somebody yeah. who a lot of people have probably use you as an excuse for their own cynicism. Was this written as a direct response to that? Um, I think what it was written in response to, yeah, partially. I mean, so I'm an idealist. And so when I look at the world, I imagine things the way that they're supposed to be. I have a strong sense of justice, but nothing ever is the way it's supposed to be mm-hmm. when you look at the world. And so the flip side of the same coin on the other side of idealism is cynicism. And cynicism basically is the point at which you say, for this thing, there is no hope. There's no hope that this will ever be different or change. And since it will never change, we might as well just give up on it and make fun of it or, you know, smirk at it or what, abandon it, whatever it is. Um, but that's the idea. And I feel like I've had a lot of people over the years come up to me and thank me for songs that they were using as a proof text for their cynicism about different things. Huh. And I was kind of, I think I'd become a little bit of a poster boy for that for certain people. And I never really knew what to do with that because what I, what I eventually realized was that even my own cynicism has no place when the bigger story that I am supposed to be telling, not just with my work and my, my music, but in my life, like the, the story that I am supposed to tell, that I have to tell, is the story of a kingdom coming where all things will be restored to the way they're supposed to be, where the peace of God, the shalom of God will be restored to everything he's made, and he made all things. And therefore, there is no place for me to withhold hope from anything, that anything could be different, that anything could ultimately change. So, like, my cynicism and yet my charge to tell that story are incongruent. Like, they, they can't both exist. And so that's when I realized I needed to really reckon with my cynicism and, and try to learn a more constructive way to react when, I, when my idealism was, you know, when I was disappointed in that way. And so I did. I, I wanted to just be really clear on where I, where I am in terms of cynicism. Like, I don't think it's cool. I don't think it's... I don't think cynicism is cool. I don't think it's, um, you know, what, you know, I mean, I, I just feel like there are, there are folks who don't realize how really damaging cynicism can be. And they don't realize how completely incongruent it is with, if they're Christians, if they're people who follow Jesus, they don't realize how out of place it is, how, how little sense it, it makes logically to have it and to lean into it in that way. And so, so essentially, I've been calling "Everything Will Change" my protest song against myself. If that makes anybody feel better, anyone who I've, anything or anyone I've protested previously, um, I've, I've eventually gotten around to me.
you've made it 10 years, uh, which is a really long time in a fickle, well, these days, a very fickle industry. Yeah. Um, what what keeps you coming back to it? Or, or can you ever imagine a moment where you can say, well, that was fun and, and hang up the guitar? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny, like up until f- five or six years ago, I would have said, I can't really ever imagine doing it, um, hanging up the guitar because there's just nothing else that I know how to do, you know? I mean, and my tenacity to some extent has been because of my real, my real lack of other talent. <laughs> um, you know, like that's what made it. I have friends who are much better at what I do than I am, but they have not stuck with it because they're really good at other things. And so when this job gets hard and it starts to squeeze you, you know, they've jumped cause they had nets. I don't have any net. Um, so I've been pretty tenacious and stuck around. I think my tenacity has been, um, just my lack of options um, has been one thing that's really kept me, you know, kind of innovating. But at the same time, that's not the case anymore either. Like, I, if I'm honest, there are a lot of other things that I've been able to apply my creativity to and really enjoy doing that are not my music career that I would like to have time to put into. For instance, I'm a founder and the president of Noise Trade, and you know that's a big business for us now. And I, I spend three days a week running that company, and then I spend two days a week and weekends running my music career. And I could imagine being able to give a lot more of my time um, to that endeavor. Um, That's something I'm really interested in. I'm really wired for. I really love. I love what we've been able to do. I love what what we're doing and the things that we've got planned for this year and next year with Noise Trade. And, you know, so, so I don't know. I mean, honestly, I'm at the point now where I've put this record out. I don't know. Every time I put a record out, I immediately feel like I'm never going to put out another Mm. because with every record, I feel like I make a, I try to make a complete statement. And so when I put the record out, it's finished, I'm finished. And I don't have anything else to say until something else presents itself to me until the coordinates show up and there's something new, there's something else. And I, and I, and I move into it again. But so I feel like I've always felt, I don't know if I'll ever put out another record 20 years. I just keep doing it. Mm -hmm. So I won't be surprised if the coordinates show up in six months and I start writing a new record and start working on that. But at the same time, like I could imagine going out on this record and I've never, I don't think I've ever really felt that before. I, I, I don't, I don't wish to, I would like, I would, I would, I would stay in this job 10 more years or 10 or 20. I've had 20 so far. I would stay in 20 more if, if the market could bear me. But to some extent, I'm going to let, I'm going to let my tribe tell me, I'm going to let them tell me if my perspective and my voice is valuable to them and if it benefits them. And, um, I might still continue making records, but it might look really differently depending on what the market has to say to me. And I'm willing to hear that. And, you know, I have these nets below me now that I've never had before in, um, in regards to things that I, re- creative endeavors that I really love that I think are really worth my time. So I, it's a peculiar moment, but, but I, so I'm, I'm on God's good humor at this point. That was Derek Webb. Again, the new album is called I Was Wrong, I'm Sorry, and I Love You. You can check it out at DerekWebb.com, or you can follow him on Twitter at Derek Webb. 
listening to Man Man. The song is Head On. It's from the upcoming album on Ani Pond. Man Man. Go check them out. It's a good album. Well, the new issue of Relevant is just hitting your mailboxes right now. Uh, it just went live on the iPad this last week. And uh, pretty excited about this issue of Relevant, guys. Uh, very familiar face is, is uh, grazing the cover. And that would be Joel Houston of Hillsong United. Uh, we're big fans of Hillsong United here. And uh, guys, I'm just going gonna, gonna to throw it to you guys. And we're just going to talk through some of the new stuff, some of the behind the scenes of this new issue of Relevant. And uh, let you know what some of the stories that go on behind the scenes. Um, but uh, Joel Houston, Hillsong United. Uh, Tyler, talk about that. Why did we decide to put Joel Houston, Hillsong United? What is the story with those I mean, guys? They, they, when, we, when we were talking, we always have a, usually when we start thinking about covers, me and Cameron have a, have a little brainstorming session where we just throw names on a board. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we always try to sh- shoot for the like, like, like think that like who's somebody that our readers are really going to connect with and that they, that they find important and that is doing important things. And, and Hillsong United ticks all those boxes multiple times over. I mean, they're, they sell out, they sell out stadiums. They sold out Red Rocks, uh, mm-hmm. Hollywood Bowl. Like th- this is a very, very big deal. And I think because we're, that they're friends of ours, we've worked very closely with them on a number of projects. It just has sort of escaped us that these are actually like very big you hate to say stars about a worship artist, but yeah. you guys know what I mean. Sure, they're they're sure. stars. They're, they're, they're well-known, very influential people. And we were, I think Cameron's words to me were, why have we never put Joel on the cover? Mm. And, and I didn't have a good answer for that. So, so from there, it was a very simple process. They, they're, they really like relevant. They've always been supportive of us and we've always tried to be supportive of supportive of what they're doing. And it's, it was really interesting to send uh to send our writers out there and ask them to you know get something get something different. See if you can get something. But like we, I think a lot of us know the story about where Hillsong came from. We we interviewed Joel a number of times for very short, limited pieces in the magazine. So so see if you can find something new that hasn't been heard before. And he came back with a story that, no matter how high my hopes were for how good this piece could end up being, it, they were those hopes. That ceiling was shattered really really quickly. It's a very insightful look into what Hillsong does and. And why Joel does what he does. He was very honest. He was very bracing. I would say he, can I say he spoke to the haters? I'm going to say he spoke oh, to the haters. Okay, yeah. Joel, Joel addresses the haters. Pick up a new issue of Relevant. See what Joel Houston has to say to the haters. Even the cover line is is intriguing and kind of, uh, you know, I always love when a cover line can do that. You know, uh, I honestly never thought I was going to lead worship again. I, you know, that, that kind of, you know, gives some uh, revelation into how willing Joel was to go in uh, yeah. some of the the different issues that you know he's dealt with at that level of fame, influence, and notoriety. The the photographs too of uh, this piece are really great. They were shot by our friend Andy Barron, who's been on the podcast oh, that's right. before. Andy took them. Um, he's friends with the guys, and he, he was on tour with them, shooting a lot of the uh, a lot of their tour photography. So uh, some of the, the I believe all of the photos, right, Tyler? Uh, yeah, yeah, of, he took them all. Yeah, uh, it's from our our good friend Andy Barron. So um, it's interesting to me that that a worship band could be around this long and continue to be this popular and continue to put out as much good music as these guys do. Because I was, I mean, I'll just say five, six, seven years ago, you know, a lot of you guys know, I, you know, I come from a worship background as well and, and led worship at different churches and stuff growing up. And we were singing Hillsong United songs eight years ago. And sure. the songs that they're putting out now are just as good, if not better than the stuff that they were putting out then. And uh, 
it's amazing that that these guys are still doing what they're doing and and they're seemingly getting better at it as well and i i think worship music it's not a genre known for innovation right for musical Correct. innovation it, right. it, there's there's a few leaps forward here and there with with Vineyard a few decades ago and then, and then Hillsong. But Hillsong has stayed on the forefront, not only uh, just in terms of popularity, but also in terms of pushing the boundaries. Yeah. yeah, It's really cool. So uh, so Joel Houston, Hillsong United, on the cover of the brand new Relevant. Also in this issue, pretty cool, we talked to a guy that some of you might know as, uh, well, you'd call him Michael Scott. Uh, he's, <laughs> in a, he's in a brand new movie that's pretty awesome called The Way Way Back. We talked to Steve Carell. Yeah, finally. This is one. This is one we've wanted to get for a while. Like Steve Carell is he's he's so cool and he seems so grounded. Where a lot of people, his level of stardom seemed to have. A, I mean, it it, it sounds uh, like I'm stereotyping to say they've lost their way or that stars are all airheaded because we've talked to a, a number of them. We know that they're not. But Steve Carell comes from a rare place of being very very grounded and very anchored to things that really matter, uh, which he opens up with us about and and this article and uh yeah and i think that if you like steve carell you'll like him more after you read the piece i i think that's the main thing that kind of comes across in addition to you know kind of getting to know him a little bit better in the within the interview it's just the whole idea of of how grounded and uh, you know down to earth he is in his perspective on fame family priorities and values that he tries to you know represent in his work it's really cool um, also in the issue, uh, we talked to a guy named uh, Alan Chambers. You might have heard of him. He was mm-hmm. on the podcast last week, and part of that conversation with Eddie uh, is in the magazine. So uh, if you didn't catch him on last week's podcast, uh, be sure to check that out as well. Guys, let me just ask you, um, what were, uh, there's, there's obviously there's a lot more in this issue. What, what, what is your favorite piece or maybe the, the most unexpected piece uh, to you? Jesse, I'll start with you. What, what, what would that be for you? Uh, I, I don't know if it's uh, well. Maybe it's a little uh, unexpected, but one of my favorites is uh, uh, actually Tyler, your piece on Over the Rhine, a band that you know has been another hugely influential artist in uh, in you know I, I think their their style of music predates uh, a lot of what is popular right now. You know, like the Civil Wars and you know sort of the the rootsy type of folky indie rock that's you know, made a comeback. I think a lot of it stems an early influence is over the Rhine and uh, uh, Tyler's interview with them about their their new album that's uh, they're coming out and sort of uh, the background of the band and you know how they they've dealt with um, you know kind of crossing genres um, and also you know they're they're a married couple. It's a, it's a great interview with a great band. Yeah, I, I didn't want to I didn't want to say my own, but I. I hope it doesn't sound. I mean, I'm not here to. You guys know I'm not here to toot my own horn or anything. <laughs> of course not. Um, but they gave such a good interview. Like what the things that I, I spoke with Linford, um, and, and the things that I, I I will. Here's what I'd say. I'd say I will never forget that interview. Hmm. Um, he he said some incredibly profound things that that have really haunted me since I talked to him about it. And I don't know how many interviews I've I've done with somebody where what they had to say to me really stuck with me and really influenced me. And I would say that about, about I'd say Bob Goff did that. And I would say Over the Rhine did that. What, what was one pos- like quote or idea that he communicated to you that, that, that has really stuck with you? Um, there was something very interesting that he, he said, a metaphor that he has taken. And I'll, I'll let you all go to get the full context of this in the actual magazine because we got to keep the lights on. 
but uh, he said he he said a mantra that he and his wife have been coming back to is uh, leave the edges wild in your life. It's something they started doing with their farm. They they own a farm outside of Cincinnati, Ohio, and they were encouraged by Linford's father to, to leave the edges wild. And they started doing that with their farm. And then they started doing it with their music. That inspired them to do the same thing with their music. And then they eventually started using that mantra in their own lives as well. And their walk with the, their relationship with each other, their relationship with God. Uh, and uh, if you go read the article, you'll understand a little more about that. That's cool. Over the right. But another another one that not so we don't just talk about a, just one. There's a fascinating article. I think it was really fascinating. The way it came back was, was it's nice when an article comes back better than you thought it was going to. And uh, this article by Ian Morgan Cron on post-cynical Christianity did come back better than I had hoped it would. Um, the idea, I think the idea of the cynical Christian is something we're all very familiar with. If you've been reading Relevant, then you know it's something that we've tackled a number of times. But this is the first time that I can think of where we had a writer try and paint a picture of what would Christianity look like post-cynicism if we're able to kick this thing out. And the way he went about it was very unexpected, even to us who gave him the idea for the article and ended up being a, a really beautiful piece on embracing a spirit of, of optimism and, uh, and of an exciting future for the church here in America and around the world. And uh, if, if you read it, you'll see that he takes an interesting path to getting there. But, uh, but it, it influenced me. It changed me. That's it's cool. good. It's really good. There's also uh, a piece uh, in here by Brett McCracken, who's a uh, you know, longtime contributor yeah. to uh, Relevant and you know, an author about gray. Uh, yeah. you know, well, I, the title I, the piece, Shades of Gray, but uh, you know, the idea of setting you know, moral limits without being legalistic. Uh, in terms of consuming culture and partaking in different things and ideas, uh, that that's a really interesting piece. And and, and Brett's a great writer and uh, is able to uh, present that issue in a way with clarity that that really is thought provoking. That's cool. Mm-hmm. There's a great great piece in the issue by John, our friend John Acuff. Uh, Christian yeah. twenty Christian Christianese phrases that we need to stop saying, uh, like putting Satan on notice or uh, <laughs> love offering, praise offering, or clap offering. Uh, and then he gives some descriptions on these. It's a really, really funny piece. Uh, be sure to check that out. Uh, we talk about Duck Dynasty. We talk about Kanye and Jay-Z in this issue. We talk about uh, what if you can't actually make a difference. Uh, that's oh, yeah. a really, really great article, as well as another one about breaking addiction. So there's, man, there's just some really, really great stuff in this issue of Relevant. If you're not a subscriber, we'd love for you to become one. You can you can go over to our website and you can subscribe there at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. And again, guys, uh, it's on the iPad as well, and it's an, another absolutely incredible step forward for our team uh, with what we did with the iPad this issue, um, working with the media guys and, and just making these stories come to life on the iPad. Uh, you, it's just beautiful. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. But they, what they do is so cool. It's so yeah. cool. It's, it's one of those, I, I, I don't know how they do it. I have no idea what goes into, I mean, I, I can write on a Word document. I don't know what they do to make these things work, but I'm glad they do because it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah so the iPad really is an awesome experience. So go over and check it out. You can subscribe at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. Right now, guys, we have an end of summer sale going on. You can get Relevant Magazine for 10 bucks. 10 bucks, guys. That's it. What a deal. 10 bucks. Man. You can't even buy man. a pound of coffee for 10 bucks right now. I should, I should subscribe. You should. You I should. should. <laughs> I, got, I got 10 bucks. We would love for you to become a subscriber. 10 bucks, end of summer sale, relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. Go pick up the new issue of Relevant. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Stay tuned. 
Coming up next, feedback. listening to the band cults the song is high road it's from their upcoming album called static all right well this is the time of the show what we do our feedback corrections and apologies and our question of the week uh real quick uh corrections and apologies um eddie there was a song that you referenced last week on the podcast (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) uh that uh you didn't have any clue what was going on and uh many many faithful listeners the larp community was up in arms about this they did know what was going on uh would you like to would you like to share your correction there was feedback remember he said that he would play this song becoming the archetype from the epigon and i no, no, i think it's the other way around (laughs) oh I i think the band is becoming an archetype Oh, I see. see Eddie, it's still the archetype. Anyway, some a lot of people. Uh, this is the worst apology ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't. I'm You're not sorry. Not sorry are you? <laughs> I'm not sorry. I'm not apologizing. I'm acknowledging that it is a real thing. So, <laughs> I'm sorry for nothing. Next. Here, here's here's a clip of the song. Yeah, that was not in my genre, but, yeah. but you know, it's a nice song, and <laughs> I, I'd like to walk around with that on my backpack. Oh, man. All right, your well, ba- your, your, what was your band called? Oh, Red Letter. Red Letter. Red Letter, so Red Letter yeah, would, yeah. W- wouldn't cover that. No, no, we were not that metal. I feel like Pistol Whip would, though. Yeah, oh, yeah. Pistol, that was well, that's easily pistol. sort of our thing. Do we have to apologize? Is that the thing? We have to apologize? Oh, we don't, we don't have well, I mean, to. We, it, yeah. It's just in the good graces of our listeners that we would say, sorry. hey, we're and sorry. The and, the, and the band, too. Okay, well. Because I'm sure they're listening to this. Dear yeah, Becoming the Archetype or the Epigon, whatever your band name is. <laughs> and You're making it worse. And Ben Whitman and <laughs> yeah, everybody who cares. You're definitely making it worse. <laughs> <laughs> stop. And stop, everybody. Yeah, and Miss Anderson. Miss Anderson. Mrs. White. Everyone. Yeah. Just, we're sorry. Miss Brown. You make this sound more earnest in post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. auto me. What we'd like to say, maybe play what, some sleigh bells behind it. Yeah, what Eddie would like to say is he was wrong. He's sorry, sorry. and he loves all oh, of you. There it is. Why circle. didn't I think of that joke? Full circle. I don't know. Oh man, you should have. Man, that disappoints. I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> well, last week, guys, we asked you what word you'd like added to the dictionary. You remember we had a conversation about certain words like twerk, food, baby. You know, a baby, baby moon was another one. Um, never twerk with a food baby on a baby moon. Just throwing that out there. Don't so. even don't even visualize any of it. No, don't. So we asked you what what word you'd like to see added to the dictionary. You went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You hit us up on Twitter and over on our Facebook page. And here are some of our favorites. James Dwyer. I was crying laughing at his. He said, describing someone as looking test should make it into the dictionary. This definition being someone who looks awesome, but in a way that makes you wonder what exactly is awesome about them. I'd use it. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. You look That's so Tesh. It's good. I, don't know what I, I, I like uh, uh, what, what Matt said. He said he definitely thinks that if uh, you know a, a word like 
twerk is in the dictionary, pwned should be in there. Like, <laughs> yeah. dude, I just pwned that guy with a hammer of Thor during our LARPing match. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's not getting up. I think I took it too far. <laughs> did, you, did you see this guy, this uh, Damon Rides Bikes, oh, yes. who uh, turned all of our names into words that should be added to the dictionary? It was uh, really... Everybody on the podcast. He was oh. clearly pandering, but it was also really funny. Please I mean, read, it works. Please read, it, please read it, some it of these. It works. I, I, don't, I don't care. I love when people use my name to... to <laughs> make jokes yeah um so he he says that a that a Kearley is a he says bad pun i think we could revision revise that a bit i think i think he's bad like like michael jackson I mean, bad. incredibly bad pun. a bad yeah. pun inserted into the middle of a conversation that stops the whole conversation <laughs> and receives them receives a mixed reaction no, that's a spot on <laughs> that's about yeah. Yeah, it's classic Kearley. can you as use in, it in a sentence in, man the Kearley that brandon dropped last night when we were talking about mumford and sons was terrible Really? I thought it was pretty funny, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like that. Um, a Snavely is a, an impeccably curated playlist. I listened to the songs you picked for the Oscars.biz party, and you made quite the Snavely. Oh, okay. Uh, hey, that's great. Right. I like can we that. talk about that Oscars.biz? When does that happen? Oh, it'll happen around the time it's, of the regular it's Oscars. It's actually not too... Well, it's yes. about... It's, it's, that's February. Let's just say this. We're getting into Oscars.biz season. Yeah. Yeah. So the shows, the I people, they're starting to come out of the woodworks right now. I just don't want to. I just want to be on the show long enough that I get to be a part of that. <laughs> oh, we all do. Don't you worry. Yeah. We I mean, do. it's what we're all aspiring to is to make it to. <laughs> if we can just make it to another Oscar, stop this. Yeah. What else is on there, Tyler? Uh, we have a we have a Koffelt is a noun. Uh, it's sincere yet subtle words of affirmation. You put a lot of work into that, Kirley, didn't you? I can tell. Keep it up. <laughs> that, that would be an example of a Koffeldt. That's so spot on. That's, that's fantastic. Funny. What's, what, okay, I'm going to read the Huckabee okay. uh, yeah, for you. That's, it's that's the embattled but uh, plucky new guy that everyone is rooting for. He's not new, by the yeah, way. Right. He's been here like way <laughs> longer, longer than a lot of us. I'm milking that new guy status. Though. It doesn't matter how many crap jobs we give Jared. He just doesn't slow down. He's quite the Huckabee. <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's very flattering. That's good. And then a carry uh, this is the only verb in the list to carry something is to hijack a conversation to hilarious end by interjecting a completely ridiculous comment oh. as in grandma was not amused when uncle jim carried thanksgiving dinner <laughs> that, that this um, this american life story on the increase in the number of wild turkeys <laughs> proved that they were trying to take over the country <laughs> it is great that sounds writing. like a lot better dinner conversation than whatever they were having before <laughs> oh that's great that's fantastic um, yeah. He included one more. Okay. For himself. Um, yeah. Uh, a Damon is an unfunny person that shamelessly uses the names of podcast hosts in jokes in a vanity driven <laughs> attempt to get mentioned on air. As in, Chad, did you see that Fred guy submitted another comment about you? What do we have to do to get that guy to stop? He's such a Damon. <laughs> I love that. Uh, oh. I don't know what a Damon. I don't know. I, what the only thing Damon I would dispute is, is it. unfunny. Yeah, that was that was very good, Damon. That Damon. might be send that guy a T-shirt. Yeah, that might be one of my one of my favorite. Do we have comments right there? We have some. Really, I mean, do we do we like it because it's our names, or was yeah. it actually funny? I think it was actually Both. funny. Both. I think it was. Yeah. I also I just was. appreciate the amount of time they put into it. I I, I chatted I chatted with Damon a bit on Twitter, and he's mm-hmm. from portland and he actually invited me to go to the the Derek webb show with him which i thought was nice oh, and he nice. assured me that he wouldn't murder me so oh, it feels like we made a friend totally that's all that's those are my only requirements yeah you won't murder me and we'll get to go see Derek if webb he, if he murdered you that'd be such a damon oh classic damon, <laughs> classic damon. Classic damon. <laughs> I, I also classic. like that he continues to do the rides bikes things like that's mm. his twitter handle that's just a it's so Damon. And he's pretty funny on Twitter. Yeah. I, I'd encourage people to follow him. If you're looking at Damon Rides Bikes, all one word on Twitter. He's a good guy. There yeah. you go. 
And he's, he's, some, he's something of a Koffeltz. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to read more and join in the conversation, check it out. It's over at the, uh, it's over at the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. There's some great feedback this week. Yeah. And uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for hitting us up. All right. Now it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. All right. Well, normally uh, the podcast episode question of the week uh, has to do with something that we talked about earlier in the show. But this week... We're just kind of hanging out in the studio before we actually hit the record button, and we got talking about the new Dancing with the Stars lineup. I mean, and this is big news. This is big news, and so this is, we're going to do something a little unprecedented here. We're going to ask a question of the week that is related to something that we are just going to start talking about right now. Yeah, have you guys seen who is on the new <laughs> Dancing with the Stars podcast? <laughs> Let's go from uh, absolute. Uh, well, I, should well, we go well, from? Why don't you just give us the rundown real quick, yeah. Eddie? Yeah. Do you yeah. have it in but, front of you there? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. Okay, so we have Snooky. So oh, perfect, great. of course. Um, I'm an, uh, Bill Nye, the science guy. So oh, wish, man. yeah. What's wrong? I've just lost a lot of. He, his credibility just went down significantly. You know Mr. Wizard would never be on this thing. Never. Anyway, sure Valerie, Har- Valerie Harper, who played Rhoda and was given three months to live not long ago, but apparently still rocking and rolling, so that's good for her. Amber <laughs> Riley of Glee. I don't know that lady. Hmm. Uh, uh, but I'm sure she's a very good dancer. And then Leah Remini from King of Queens. Oh, yeah. Jack oh, Osborne, yeah. son of Ozzy and Sharon. Uh, NFL star Keyshawn Johnson. Oh, of course. Love Keyshawn. I don't know. <laughs> Singer Christina Milan? Milan? Is that oh, a person? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, Bill Engvall, the comedian. High school musical star Corbin Blue, B L E U. Yeah. It's not Ashley Tisdale. I don't care. <laughs> Brant, Brant uh, Daughtry, Doherty. I don't really know many famous people, but from Pretty Little Liars, I don't know who that person is. I don't know what that thing is. And then, what is the saddest one to me? Elizabeth Berkley from Saved by the Bell. Oh yeah, but mm. she also did that movie, Jesse Spano, little res- yeah. risque movie that she yeah. did as well. But yeah, yeah, she's on Dancing with the Stars. She's the only one. When I read this list, I was like, oh yeah, that's it makes pro- sense. Probably great for her. Yeah. Well, I mean, and Keyshawn. <laughs> and Keyshawn. Keyshawn's so, getting a lot of work. You know? right. So, so here's Keyshawn on your fantasy team. Uh, if I had a time machine, uh, <laughs> Keyshawn could be on there. But well, he's he should be now. He's, he's, on my, he's on my LARPing squad. Did he play for the Bucks? <laughs> yeah, he played for a lot of teams. He played for the Jets. I, I can't remember yeah. who's a, who he's drafted by. But yeah, so you so, so you can't play retired people on your team. Y- y- only yeah. in the fantasy LARPing league. Yeah, right. like Joe Montana. Because I had a league of just Dan Marino. Just, mm-hmm. just all Dan Marino. All Dan Marino. But a, different eras of Dan Marino. Like all new Dan. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. That sounds like something you could do if you were playing like Madden 2014. Like you just make a whole team of Dan Marinos. Like, like there'd be a section of Dan Marinos that would just be like commercial Dan Marino. He would, he, he's like, he's like wearing, he's wearing a polo shirt and khakis. Like yeah, he's either lot. trying to sell you a Nissan or <laughs> socks or something. But then, then you have like, you know, broadcast Dan Marino. Broadcast Dan Marino. Right, yeah. right. With the right. big, wide Windsor knot. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Well, it brings us to this week's question of the week. What would your ideal Dancing with the Stars lineup be? Damon, we already know, is just going to put us in there so that we can mm-hmm. say his name again. Think about that, though. How great would this podcast crew be as a Dancing oh. with the Stars lineup? Terrible. Be, Terrible. Because yeah, we can't be dance awful. and we're not Unwatchable. stars. Yeah. 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 So we're, it we're would pretty. be fumbling around with unknown people. Right. We would be awful. 
but it would be that would be Dancing with the Podcasters, which is a different show. Totally, probably maybe not as entertaining. And never yeah, that, if we're doing Dancing with the the Stars, a uh, podcast edi- edition, it would be I would be like Mark Marin. Ira Glass, right? You know, right. Terry Adam, Gross, Adam Carolla, uh, Joel Osteen. Yeah. I think rather we should do LARPing with the podcasters. <laughs> that we're that we're really poised to take that one over. Yeah, mm-hmm. that'll that'll That's happen. The Our LARP enough. team would be fantastic, Whew, out of control. <laughs> so that's so our go- Dan Marino moment right there. <laughs> so who would you like to see? What would your ideal Dancing with the Stars lineup be? Um, give us a few names. Go a little further than that. Tell us why you would like to see them. I would like to see a couple like uh, CCM celebrities on there. Exactly. I want to see them get creative. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah. So I like to see Adam West. Oh, oh, oh yeah, good one. No, no, no. I oh, have all sure. the all the guys who have played Batman <laughs> compete against each other. I'd like Carmen to be ten different people in it, playing different characters. Oh, I like that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah so you can sure. be you can be as creative with this one as you want. Um, this is a little a little uh, a little out of the norm for our question of the week, considering we just literally started talking about this here on the show. But it's definitely a, a question worth asking. What would your ideal Dancing with the Stars lineup be? Give us your answers. Go over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You can, you can send us your lineup on Twitter. I wouldn't really use 140 characters that way, but uh, it's, it's your Twitter yeah. feed. You can do whatever the heck you want. Speak- at Relevant Podcast, or you can hit us up on Facebook as well. Speaking of Twitter, yeah. really, really nice work Twitter this week getting the DC Talk reunion happening. It was, yeah. Yeah. there were literally yeah. dozens of retweets, and I think they've good. heard us. I think they've, uh, yeah. Not in a way that, I mean, they haven't contacted us. I wouldn't say they've reached out to us or anything, no, right, no, but they, no, no, they've no. heard us. I wouldn't say there's any traction forward momentum on it. Or <laughs> it's not going to happen, but we really made, <laughs> we really made quite a fuss. Many thanks to our friend Derek Webb for talking to us this week. Again, his brand new album. If we haven't talked about it enough, it's called I Was Wrong, I'm Sorry, and I Love You. Once again, it's probably the closing love you too, uh, theme for every podcast that we love you put so out much. there. So um, we're sorry, we're wrong, and we love you as well. Uh, go check him out, DerekWebb.com. You can hit him up on Twitter, at Derek Webb. Derek's a cool guy. He responds to a lot of people on Twitter. Eddie, he responded to you this week on I Twitter. I freaked out. I was yeah. pumped up. Eddie had a moment. He texted me. He's like, oh my God, Derek Webb just tweeted me. So yeah. it's pretty cool. But uh, hit Derek up. Let I know him know you guys th- think I'm a nerd. You can make fun of me if you want. I understand it's dorky, but it was still really neat. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, but yeah, hit Derek up on Twitter. Let him know how much you like his album. Uh, again, it's called I, w- I Was Wrong. I'm sorry. And I love you. And also, the new issue of Relevant is out oh, now. Go check it out. Uh, you can go to relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. We would love to have... Uh, you be part of the team that gets uh, the magazine. Some great, great content in this new issue. Joel Houston is on the cover from Hillsong United. We talked to Steve Carell, uh, Alan Chambers, who was on the podcast last week that Eddie interviewed. Uh, a portion of that is in the magazine. Uh, just some great, great content. So uh, we would love it if you would subscribe. Go over to relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. All right, guys. Well, it's been fun. That'll do it for this week's show. I'm Chad Michael Snavely. I'm Calvin Kearley, and see you later, alligator. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Eddie Copples. <laughs> I'm Tyler Huckabee. <laughs> I'm Justin Carey. In a while, crocodile. <laughs> I feel the wheels, the wheels are off. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Go follow us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast. And for more great content, check out relevantmagazine.com.
you could spend an afternoon watching LARPing videos on YouTube. I know from experience, dude. 